Hi, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of The Pod With, the podcast where artists discuss their expertise in different areas, either in the music industry or causes they are passionate about. My guest today is Toby Duncan, singer of Trash Boat. The British outfit recently released a new album titled Don't You Feel Amazing? And the shift in music direction was also followed by a change, or more precisely, a transition in the lyric subjects. Toby's approach this time is more straightforward, more blunt as he touches on various issues and conveys important messages. And as someone put it, bringing a kind of empowerment into the conversation. Recently, Trashboat fell victims of censorship while performing at the Heavy Music Awards, with Twitch shutting down the stream for violation of the terms of use. Witty and well-spoken, Toby discusses the incident, LGBTQ representation visibility in the music industry, and the expression of identity through art. Enjoy! So again, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Uh, now, uh, I would like to start from the very beginning. Uh, and how you got involved with music in the first place. I think you mentioned that growing up you were an athlete. Uh, I was. That's, that's what I wanted to do my, my whole life. I was, um, I was a very sporty guy. I used to play... A lot of contact sports. I used to kickbox. I used to do jujitsu. I played rugby, uh, but I also played like table tennis, tennis, um, squash with my brother. Uh, I used to play sport every day uh, until I busted my knee and couldn't really pursue sport in any meaningful way anymore. Um, but I always had music as something that I also enjoyed and that was, you know, another something that came relatively easily to me. So I just put all my energy into that that's amazing and how did you come to join trash boat I, I, i've been in bands well i've been trying to be in a band since i was about i mean kind of 16 but only in a, any meaningful way in a, a from from about 18 onwards uh, and then one of the bands i was in posted a cover i think of a major league song maybe a real friend song i can't remember but um i was working just like a customer support job at the time. Uh, and the band that Ryan and Dan and all those guys used to be in were breaking up and they, he messaged me on Facebook and just said, Hey, we're breaking up. We're going to start a new band. We need a singer. Do you want to join? I was like, sure. And, uh, it's as simple as that. We went and had a practice and I realized that these guys were really dedicated uh, and talented and they were willing to invest time into this as a project and I wanted to as well and then boom trash boat cool. and you guys recently released your recent album uh don't you feel amazing and you were invited to play at the heavy music awards where for yep. people who may not know uh when your guest Milky from Gorgasm joined your stage she had a nip slip and twitched shut the stream uh, sure. I'm guessing that you didn't know what was happening when it happened, but what was your first reaction when they told you? I can't think of the word for it. Indifference. Um, yeah, we didn't plan it. I mean, we both just wore outfits. Uh, hers covered her nipples. Mine didn't. Um, and then we were told afterwards that um, that the stream had been shut down. And I, I guess like, I found that pretty funny. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I, like, I don't even want to really give weight to the conversation because I think it shouldn't be a conversation. It just seems absolutely insane to me that it, 
that people like want to talk about it and feel so divisive about it is very, very strange. And, you know, people kind of try and hide behind um, different ways of deflecting their inability to control their feelings whenever they see a female nipple only for some reason. Uh, and they'll always say, oh, you know, God, think of all the children. What about the children? They always use children. It's really always, like, oh, the terms of service are there for a reason. They're there to protect people that are vulnerable and protect children. And it's just like, that's such a weird argument for, for nipples in particular, but also it's, it's an age old argument. It's like, you know, don't let gay people teach. Otherwise, you know, think of the children, what happens to the children. Or oh, don't let women vote. If women are allowed to vote, then they'll leave the house and they'll look after the children. Don't let children see nipples. God, God forbid. But it's just like, it's, it's a cop out for people that aren't in control of their own emotions and aren't in control of their own actions and feel embarrassed about either the fact that they get so excited when they see nipples that they can't control themselves or they have never seen a nipple in their lives um, and will always hide behind some other scapegoat to, to deflect responsibility away from themselves. And the children argument is ridiculous because I can't think of a single child that would look at a nipple and sexualize it. So it's it's mystifying to me that it's even a conversation and it's, it's actually quite irritating that it, it happened or the terms of service specify this, but I mean, great clout for me. <laughs> uh, were you surprised that the organizers stood behind you? Did they? I didn't really look into the, I think I posted one video and not, that wasn't like sarcastic. I just, I, I haven't really given much thought to the situation. I posted one video to my Instagram and to Twitter just to basically clear up the situation and tell everyone that I wasn't sorry that it happened. Like everyone kind of thought it was an apology video. It wasn't, <laughs> it was me just being like, I'm not sorry about anything. I think it's ridiculous that this even happened. Um, yeah, fair enough. If, if they, if they stood behind the, the, the message thing, then cool. Um, at the end of the day, it's all just clout chasing. It's all just divisive bullshit to, to, you know, garner attention in certain areas. And I don't really want attention on this topic really because for me it's just it's something that just needs to be absorbed into the status quo and just become completely normalized and it's other people that have, have these reactions it's like when people ask me about my sexuality it's like i don't care i don't care about my sexuality but the reason why people ask me these questions is because they know that there are other people out in the world who feel really strongly either one way or the other and will click the article when they read these certain buzzwords so they're not really asking these questions for me or you know for the for the normal wider normalized public they're asking it because they know that a lot of stupid crazy people will click on a device article when they see it so like when people ask it's like i'll answer these questions because i'm not gonna lie like i'll be honest but at the same time it's just like why are you asking what do you want to know do you want to know anything like personal or, or functional or do you just want to create a divisive headline that people will click to generate like traffic to your website uh, yeah, so to return to this uh, form of censorship on various platforms, uh, do you think that this is a form of neo-Puritanism or that uh, the platforms are afraid they're going to lose their investors or ads if they allow uh, the, the naked human body to be seen, when at the same time, some of them are helping people promote hate speech or even call to genocide? I mean, 
God, that's, that's, that is a really interesting question. Um, and like, it, it, I think having a, a rule against something, you know, ha- having something that can create such a, such a, a myriad of like topics of conversation and something that can drive engagement on social media, you know, if they just allow people to be naked or, or do whatever they want, then there would be no clout to be gained. You know, it's a numbers game. It's a money game. So, and, uh, you know, over the course of history, um, people have been exercising control over other people's right to do whatever they want with their human body. And now it's, it's, it's empirical. It can be quantified and it can be monetized. So, yeah, there would be many um, suffixes that I would put Neo beforehand that, um, that, that these kinds of rules of censorship would, uh, that I would put before. But, yeah, I, I don't, it's very strange to me. I'm, I'm a very easygoing guy. I was raised right. I can differentiate between people that are, you know, sexualizing themselves and people that are just naked. Um, and I think that the people that are in control don't really trust the general public to make that distinction, which I, in a way, kind of understand because a lot of people are, very very unhinged but i feel like exercising that control is only going to make things worse in the long run um and yeah like me me and milky we weren't we weren't sexualizing each other on stage it's not like she came on to do her bit and i grabbed her breast and started you know doing sexualized things that's not what happened we just performed we just happened to perform both showing the top halves of our bodies or most of the top half of our bodies and it's just like then they wouldn't work hard enough to make the terms of service specific enough to even differentiate between male and female nipples. It's just like, okay, but then there'll probably not be enough content in that terms of service to differentiate between sexualization and non-sexualization. It's just, it's a very lazy approach. Going back to trash build, as I mentioned, you guys uh, just released Don't You Feel Amazing, where you touch on various issues. Was this approach on lyrical subjects intentional or instinctive? And why now? Instinctive. 100% instinctive. I, I didn't really put any thought into, into what I was going to write, any, any premeditated thought into what I was going to write about because I put so much premeditated thought into our first two albums. And I, I absolutely shot from the hip with this album and just wrote whatever came to my gut at, at the given time. A lot of these songs were written in the studio and a lot of them were written um, in, in a matter of hours. Uh, and lyrically, I, I didn't want to be too cryptic. I didn't want to be, you know, too trying to sound clever. And I just, I wrote from the heart and I wrote from just the top of my head. And as long as it sounded good and it felt good for me to perform then I was happy uh but we know that when artists touch on social or political issues it's not unusual to see fans reactive reacting defensively and tell them to stick to music but did you ever fear that a song like he's so good could backfire no I've been waiting patiently for it to backfire in some (laughs) way I where are all these people always ask me these questions. They're like, Oh, you know, it must be so hard. It must be so hard to write a song about sexuality or it must be so hard to do this. So it's like, you must face something. It's like, I'm waiting for this prejudice. I'm a confrontational person. And I would love to have an argument with, with, with some idiot 
who who wants to who wants to have any kind of differing opinion to me. I love arguing. I love debating, and it has never ever happened to me. I've never been confronted. I've never been challenged on this, and I'm waiting very patiently for because. But that but that's the thing. I like I'm a, I'm a confident guy, and I think maybe people can kind of read that energy, and they'll only really attack people in that way if they feel like they can win or if they feel like they can dominate a situation. And I just think it is highly unlikely that any of these people who would consider sexuality or the deviation from the status quo of like heteronormative sexual relationships. I think anyone that came into any kind of debate with me about that would would just be humbled and destroyed because I'm so supremely confident in in my ability to, to, to just completely nullify any opinion to the contrary that, you know, there's a broad spectrum of sexualities, there's a broad spectrum of gender identities, and each person is is within their own rights to, to to do and feel and love however they choose, however comes naturally to them. And any argument to the contrary just makes absolutely no sense to me and has no grounding in reality or rational rationality or logic. So I'm waiting for the day. It's never happened, though. I think your confrontational aspect is very obvious, especially on stage. I happened to be at Slam Dunk when you had your Jacques moment. Sure. Quite rightly, if you ask me. Uh, and I was indeed waiting for someone to, I don't know, yell back or boo for something to happen. I'm glad Sorry. that nothing happened, to be honest. But, you know, the drama could be fun, I guess. I, yeah, like I said, I, 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 in a weird way, I want it to happen because I think it would be a very one-sided debate and I think it would just be me talking for an extended period of time. And I obviously love the sound of my own voice. So, <laughs> uh, you know, bring, bring them on, bring on the hyper-religious people, bring on the, you know, the, pe- the people that were abused by, by gay people when they were younger and therefore have like just a hatred for anyone that deviates from, from, from the heteronormative like framework by like, all of these people whilst I'm not going to invalidate their experiences, I will invalidate their conclusions. Again, you're very open about your sexuality. Is the music industry in in general and your genre in particular open to a person's fluidity, gender identity and expression? Can't speak for anyone else except myself, really. I can't, I'm sure there are deep, dark corners of the music industry that wouldn't be accepting or would exploit that area. Um, and, I'm, you know, there's there's people at the top who I'm sure when they sign a band who has an LGBT member, they're just thinking this is fucking money. Like, I'm going to I'm going to exploit this as much as possible, not necessarily in an entirely bad way. I mean, you know, whatever makes money is is objectively good in a lot of people's opinions. So when when a homosexual or a bisexual or a transgender singer or whatever comes into the scene, there will be a lot of people thinking, how can we make as much money as possible out of this? That's so completely not my goal or agenda or angle. I don't want to monetize my sexuality in any way. For me, it's the most benign aspect of my personality. Or it, it, I, like, you know, because I would have a lot of things to say to people who are very religious or people who would, you know, talk about set only sex for procreation. And some people would say that if you're, if you're having recreational sex in any form, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual or whatever, but that is bad, you know, that it's, it's akin to like a drug addiction. And I'd have a lot to say about that, but I mean, on the other side of the coin, I think there is a problem, um, a smaller problem, but a problem nonetheless 
with people who treat things like their sexual or their gender identity as the majoritative chunk of their identity. You know, I see this a lot with, with my LGBTQ brothers and sisters and everything in between where their, like their gender identity is all of them. You know what I mean? It's so much of them that if that part of them isn't validated by every single person that they meet, then they feel attacked at a fundamental level and they, they it generates trauma. And it's like, you can't make this part of you the biggest part of you and then immediately expect everyone around you to validate you in the way that you desire. And if it doesn't happen, then it's an attack on your on yourself. And it's something worthy of punishment for the other person. This is a really, really big thing that I think um, people on the, the left side of the, the political spectrum is are failing at at the moment. Because, you know, like I, we, we, if we take gender as an example, you know, male, female, that's how it's been, right? Now we've got everything in between. And I think the first step is getting people to understand the they, them pronouns, which is like, okay, well, that's, we, we, we can get there. But the everything in between is a potentially infinite series, right? People are making up different pronouns to describe themselves every day. That's fine. I love that. Identify in whatever way that you want, live your truth. But if you're going to take a binary status quo that has existed for thousands of years, and then expect these conservative people, these people that don't want to identify in that way, or they don't think it's important for them. If you're going to all of a sudden say, I've invented a brand new pronoun that's specific to me. And if you don't use it, then that is a personal and traumatic attack to my being. And you should be punished for it. And it's like, pick your battles, man. What are you talking about? This is a really, really strange thing to get this irate about when there are so many more fundamental and structural political issues associated with with gender and sex so whilst i'm happy to berate conservative or republican or whatever people people on the right who are trying to kind of shut down this gender expression movement because they think it's you know too fairy dust or too like conceptual or whatever i would happily sit in front of them and explain to them why they're incorrect but on the other side of that coin it's like i really do feel like a lot of the people on what I would consider more my side also need to consider their position and consider their necessity for, for validation from other people. This is the, this is the crux. I don't need validation from anyone. I've never like fronted my sexuality to anyone on the planet because I don't need anyone to confirm that for me. I don't need anyone to tell me whether it's okay or not. I didn't need my parents to tell me whether it's okay or not. I didn't need my friends to tell me whether it's okay or not. I just did it. And I need to talk about it. You know, if people ask me questions about it, I'll answer. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it's just a thing. And I think everyone needs to treat their own version of expression and their own version of identity in the exact same way, because you'll save yourself a lot of stress. <laughs> I love this answer. I really do, because you partly answer uh, other things that I wanted to ask. And also, uh, you answered part of the next question, uh, which was, how do you see the normalization of sexuality in the aspect that uh, everyone is assigned a box, which on one hand can be inclusive and give you a sense of belonging, but on the other hand, it can be used for marketing or even political um, reasons. Yeah, I mean, look, People getting assigned a box is is it's useful. It, there there are use cases to keeping things simple. You know, like 
if, if, if you're if you really think you exist right in the middle of the gender spectrum and you know you have a different pronoun for every day of the week and you are completely androgynous and blah 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 it's still useful if you have a medical issue to be able to say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a man or I'm a woman. I was born this way because like, it's like pick your battles. You know what I mean? Like why it's what function beyond your identity and your expression are you, are you serving? If you're going to go down this road of like really complex and intricate gender identity, like it's okay. It's okay to, to be assigned a certain gender at birth. It's okay to, to simplify things occasionally um, when it comes to gender or sex, because it serves certain uses, but it's also okay to identify in whatever methods that you choose. You know, like th these are all things, and like you know, normalizing. I mean, like, what are we normalizing here? You know, like it's not normal. It's not normal to to be, um, you know, a, a z zim zir or a or some sort of neo pronoun. That's not normal. That's okay. I don't want to normalize that. Because what does normalizing mean? Normalizing means everyone does it and not everyone has to or should do it. So there's no need to normalize it. Just do whatever the hell you want. Just don't do it because you demand validation. Don't do it because, because if you, and don't do it and expect that validation to the extent that if you don't get it, it's going to like ruin your life and you need to force everyone around you and like exercise a degree of control around the people around you so that get you get that validation that you've never had it's like be your own validation because expecting it from everyone else is just only going to lead to heartbreak um so yeah I, I don't know if normalizing it is is what i is the way i would put it um because it's not normal but it's fine for it to be not normal i mean like, i'm not normal i mean I, I i feel the same way about intimate contact with men as i do with women that's not normal and that's okay like, I'm not trying to force everyone out there to to be comfortable sharing their intimacy ac across the gender spectrum. Like, I don't want to normalize that. Like, what does that even entail via legislation? Like, you know what? Just just, just do whatever the hell you want. Awesome. I, I really love that. Uh, now, uh, how and to what degree has the openness with your identity and self-realization helped the expression through your art and the way that you experience it? Yeah, I mean, it made the songwriting a lot easier. I mean, I was always expressing very similar things in my music, but I was just trying very hard to be very cryptic and very intelligent and write in a way that, that flowed really beautifully and that, you know, so people would think I was really intelligent. Um, and I just... I wrote about the same things or similar things, but I just didn't mess around. I was just very upfront and very blunt because this is our third album. And I was just, I was bored of, of keeping certain things hidden behind all these weird metaphors. So I just, I just wanted to be very upfront about them and um, hasn't really changed much. I mean, you know, I, I get a lot more direct questions, which I prefer. Like, I, I really like these questions that you're asking. And I think this is a really good conversation that we're having because I hate it when people are like, well, you know, if you could be in Slipknot, what would your mask look like? It's like, oh, well. <laughs> um, so I, I, I like this line of questioning and I, I like it being more like a conversation rather than a set of questions. And me being just blunt, basically, has obviously ruffled a few people's feathers and has caused people to want to ask me very blunt questions, which is 
what I prefer. Moving on, you have mentioned uh, before that you come from a very supportive family. Have you have there ever been moments where you took this quote unquote privilege for granted? I think if I said no, that would be very arrogant of me. But I don't have any memories that would indicate the answer could be yes. Um, I don't know what taking it for granted would would look like. What what does what does take like you know? How can you possibly take a support network like that? I, I, you know, I mean, I don't know the answer to that question. So no, the answer really is no because I, I don't I don't understand the framework of what that would look like. So yeah, no. I don't think so. That might be really, really arrogant of me, but it was never a conversation. There's so many gay people in my family. My uncle's gay, my cousin's gay, my brother's gay. I'm half gay. It's just a very normal thing. You know, there was there was no chance for me to 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 take advantage of it or to be ungrateful. Um, because my my coming out was like a, a by the way. And my mom was like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> I guess I, I guess there's a privilege in that that I must recognize. Everything that I'm preaching and everything that I'm suggesting people practice is a lot harder if you don't have a supportive beginning and if you don't have a supportive family. I understand that. However, I don't think it changes the fact that I'm speaking the truth. Just because it's more difficult for you to obtain doesn't mean that it's still not the ideal setup and something we should all be working towards. That is very true. How powerful are platforms like yours in making a difference in a young person's life? Depends on the person. Depends on the person on the platform as well. Um, I, I, I want to exercise... A, diff, a different kind of power. Like I see, I see my power as as mediating. I, I see my power as de-escalating. I don't want to piss anyone off. I don't want to start like these massive conversations or these massive movements um, because they're messy. I want things to be a lot calmer. I want things to be a lot smoother, and I I, I just want the conversation to not be so divisive. And I don't want people to to you know. Just, plan interviews or stunts centered around my sexuality so that they can generate traffic to their website. It's, it's, I want everything to just kind of be normalized, if you want to use that term of <laughs> phrase. Quote, unquote, again. <laughs> Quote, normalized. What steps do we need to take individually and collectively in order to create more safe spaces in music? Be your own safe space. I mean, there are no safe spaces in music. You can't you, you you can't reach into people's brains and change their desires to want to exploit certain situations. You know, I mean, there's privileges that I have in in that in that sphere because you know I'm I'm a, I'm a six foot, well built, confident confident guy. So if some music exec dickhead came up and started trying to grab me. And was like, hey, I'll you know make you a millionaire if you do this. I just fuck off, like you know what I mean. And it, it was like, oh, you know, like I, I just, 
I make my own safe space by just not tolerating anything like that. And that's more difficult for other people and for people of, uh, I don't know, less confrontational um, personalities. Um, but in general, yeah, I, I think people just kind of need to make their own safe spaces and um, be as independent in that area as possible because how I mean I'm all for community and I'm all for doing things together and we we obviously can work together to create safe spaces in some ways but I mean once you get past all of the superficial platitudes it really boils down to changing and someone who has a mind for exploitation it's it's about physically changing their mind it's like I don't know how to do that if I knew how to do that I'd, I'd be president I'd be king you know I, I I think people exercising personal confidence and having their own sense of validation that comes from them will mean that these not so safe spaces affect them less in a in a in a mental way uh, and if people have the the confidence to stand up for themselves in the moment and you know it's like oh you know oh, I, I couldn't say something to that guy because it would have ruined my career it's like ruin your career say the thing to the guy and make the noise that's the way to do it you have to you have to show the the spaces aren't safe in the moment because at the end of the day what what is a what is a music career it's a superficial thing um and against being the kind of person that would stand up for themselves in the moment. I like, I couldn't, even if I had a really vibrant music career, I couldn't live with myself. If I, if I'd sacrificed my own volition in that moment, it would just be, it would just always be there. And I'd rather, I'd rather the moment of me like ruining my music career by shouting at someone for doing something horrible, be there for the rest of my life than getting lots of money and lots of fans and having someone violate me in that way and not doing anything about it. I think you have very interesting opinions and I'd love to pick your brain more at some point in the future. Unfortunately, we don't have the time to do it now, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to catch you guys again playing at some point and maybe we... Yeah, I mean, uh, next time we come to Greece, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we need to make that happen. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> wouldn't say no. Uh, final question. What is passion for you? How would you define it? Question. I think passion derives from very base instincts and feelings that we all share as human. You, know, you can get passion from sex, you can get passion from music, you can get passion from succeeding in the workspace and all of these things, all of these hyper successful things, no matter where they are, they generate neural responses in your brain and, and they release happy chemicals. Um, so passion for me, wherever it is, is chasing the absolute purest and most maximal form of whatever experience I'm in when it comes to music. I mean, I know how it feels to be in the crowd and to be waiting for that part in a song that I, I, want to get up in the singer's face and climb on people's heads and just be sweating and grab the microphone and just exist in that moment of, of pure chaos. I know how good that feels. I know how strongly that makes me feel, how passionate that makes me feel, you could say. And now I want to provide that for other people. Now I want to be the guy on stage that's like 
puppet mastering the whole crowd into this frenzy because I know how good it feels to be whipped up into that frenzy. And that translates to, to so many things, you know, like people work hard at their careers to be the best in sport so that they can elicit those same emotions, even if it's just for themselves, so they can say that they're best or in, in, in sex or where, wherever it is, like it's getting to that moment where things are at their, their purest. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what passion is to me. It's that achievement. It's that achievement of, of maximal participation and feeling and energy and your brain just going as crazy as it can with other people in the room who are on the same energy level as you are. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Do you have any final words and for your fans in Greece in general? I don't have any final words. Um, my, my final words would just be thank you for any and all support. Thank you for sharing the trash boat journey with us. Um, it's a rich tapestry and uh, it's subject to, to great change and great development. So buckle up for the ride. <laughs>